0: Thank <laughs> you. Mobile rolling presented by Garrett's Horse and Hound making shopping easier with their online store the same extensive catalogue the same keen prices online or over the phone 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au Blacks a dance it's boom boom time Blacks are dance races on
1: by Cruz Bromac can do no more Tommy Lincoln gets to second Will the Wizard's about to come deeper then Northview Hustler feeling for a rainbow Cardles from Heaven 20 seconds he's opened up at the top of the lane and the track record could be in danger here black sedance is a minute out in front he's 15 meters clear tommy lincoln cruz bromack up and down in the one spot northview hustling to the outside but it's all black sedance black sedance he is a beast black sedance races away let's look at the timer 27 7 on the way home. The mild rate oh, obliterates the record. 149 2. It's a uh, black sedan from Northview Hustler. Cruise
0: yeah, from... what a ride. 149 2. I think they actually corrected it. It went a bit faster. Chris Sparsby, good morning. Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Extraordinary. Who would have thought, hey, a couple of years ago, Chris, that a horse could go that fast, break its own record? Black sedan.
1: Exactly right. Uh, It was a small piece of history that was created there. And we spoke about this yesterday with club chairman Brad Steele, the first horse to break 150. We saw it during the carnival, a horse goes sub 50 in a trial, but to see it under race conditions and in the manner in which he delivered it there on Saturday night, it was breathtaking. There was, you know, that sense that it could be the moment there on Saturday night. There was a bit of talk going into that race. And we know that this horse is in super form right now. They're eyeing off that big one down in Sydney next month, the Lensmith miles. So uh, what better way to uh, to go out and just, you know, smash the track record, which he held previ- uh, previously to Saturday night, but to go 150 or sub 50, it's just a monster mile. So the talk now is, can they go better than 149? So who knows where it's going to end, but it was just a stunning performance there on the weekend.
0: So, Chris, I mentioned earlier, and I said this on social media as well, you know, going back to the 80s, if a horse could break two minutes, uh, you know, they'd go on the Wall of Fame there in the office, uh, sub two-minute yeah. mile. What's changed so much, Chris, over the years to, as to why they're running these fast times now at the Creek in Brisbane Albion Park?
1: Well, Steve, I think the short answer is it's a combination of a number of things. I think the breed has certainly got a lot better Uh, We're breeding to the very best stallions in the world right now, uh, and and we're breeding from a better quality mare as well, plus the style of racing. uh, That's really changed in in the last five to 10 years. We've got these young lightweight drivers. They drive very aggressively, whether it's a Saturday night meeting or a midweek meeting, it's all the same. So I think it's just a combination of a few things that the breed is a, a heck of a lot better Plus, the drivers are a lot more aggressive now. We've got those different race bikes to what we've seen, you know, 10, 20 years ago. It's very Americanized now, and uh, we're following in the footsteps of, uh, footsteps of how they do it in North America.
0: All right. Well, we might be talking about Black Sedans in a couple of years at the last night, Chris, at Alpine Park, uh, whatever yeah, that may be. Yeah, Jason indeed. Carkeet's with us on Mobile Rolling. Thanks to Garards.
1: Jason, good morning. Good morning, Chris. What is it about the, the, the racing nowadays that sees us going so fast?
2: Uh, I, th- I think you pretty much summed it up there. You know, once the um, American bikes started showing up here um, with the Evolution, I think, was the first one that come and um, that Interdominion at Newcastle Heat that they were all fighting and renting them out for ridiculous amounts of money. Um, and I think then that just created the... Um, the, the ball rolling as far as our style of racing changing.
1: You follow the North American scene very closely. So we've got a horse now that's gone sub 50 at Albion Park, forty 49.2. Uh, how long is it going to be before we see a sub 49 mile now at the creek?
2: Um, I I, I don't think we'll see it at the creek. I, I, I probably wouldn't think that we will. I don't think... Um, uh, well, he got very close, but um, yeah, I just, I, I, it takes a special horse to do it, you know. And and how many has he got in it? You know, like that's that's the scary part. Um, these horses come off exhausted, you know. They've um, they've really run a, a, a they've run it, you know. They've they've gone from the start to the finish in 49, um, and you know they've give it all. You know how many times. Do they go to the go to the end of their um runs mm. yeah, it's a fair point it's a fair point and it yeah. was
1: one that was raised to me across the weekend how many times can they go to the well but just judging by the way he he delivered that performance if he's on the on the engine himself and and cutting it himself does he go that little bit quicker because he was out there for that first half wasn't he?
2: yeah yeah well you know you, you what do you allow three meters of bend um, so he's he's done six meters which is half a second, I suppose. Um, so that really brings him under 49, doesn't it? Mm. That'd be um, interesting. On the, on, the, on the rails. But, you know, you, you also you need the horses with you. You know, he, I know he closed off super, you know, like he, he hit the line as good as he did down the back. Um, but, you know, you, you, I think when you see the combination of, that's when we'll
0: really see a big mile. Mm. chris yeah. what type of night was it there the other night just take us through that Albion park and do, they, do no. they go around on the tractor the day before these races so just between races there at the creek do they run the greater or something they, they over do
1: they, they prepare the track so and it was a perfect night weather-wise Steve, probably a little abnormally high as far as the temperature was concerned on saturday afternoon so they'd probably set it up perfectly it was a warm day and it was a it was a warm night as well, so it was conducive to fast times, and uh, the track was prepared perfectly, and uh, he delivered there. It was race nine, so there was plenty of traffic yeah. on the track prior, so that, that's another thing to keep in mind as well.
2: It, it, yeah, it's a big advantage to be first on the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, which he did the week before. You know, when he went when he went fifty, you know, um, he was first on the track. Um, and then yeah, now he's backed it up with this. You know, mm. it's, a, it's a big effort. It, like like on a 5.8, it's 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 surreal to think that we even broke fifty. Um, yeah. And that's that's probably why, you know, to think that we can go break forty nine, it's um, it's just a whole whole new. You know, it's beyond the four minute mile. You know, Roger Bannister type stuff. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's scary.
0: It's scary. Mm. So Jason, what would this horse run in similar form to the other night in America? One of those really fast tracks over there.
2: Um, you, you got to give him a couple of seconds for sure. You know, just 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 on the what what Australian horses, you know. And then he's got Lasix to to get. You know, he he he's got so many more advantages over there in the US, and, and he and he could follow a helmet that could take him, you know, yeah. to the top of the stretch. You know that's that's um, that's another advantage. Yeah. Well, just on that,
1: uh, we're possibly going to see a new world record established probably in the next couple of weeks if Bulldog Hanover goes to to Lexington, the Red Mile in Kentucky, oh. and if weather conditions are perfect there, is he capable of going? You know that world record time? Is he capable of going better than one forty six?
2: at the Red Mile for sure. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 where records are made. You know, um, you know they'll they'll have it primed for for you know that's where the breeding centres are. That's where Kentucky want the world records in Lexington. You know they want to, um, you know Harrisburg coming up. That's where you you know you want the the records to be made. Um, so for sure that's that's where he could go. But yeah, well, the sky's the limit for him.
1: Yeah, it's mind-boggling stuff. I wanted to talk to you this morning, Jason, because you've got a very nice filly on your hands in Sky Blue. At her second start, she just pounds out a mile and six six yesterday. So, again, we've come a long way with the way we race. So, how do you rate this filly?
2: Um, yeah, like she's still very green. Like she had, like her first start, she had that bit of a mishap, uh, which set her back about a month. Um, but she got over that um, uh, really well. You know, and a lot to the fast actions of the, you know, the on-course staff at the track. You know, she got uh, unseated. The driver was unseated, and and she she did a flip over the back straight and took her knees out. Um, but with the expert vets on hand and stuff like that, we, we managed to get over that within the month. So um, she's still very soft, and um, she's still not. She hasn't matured yet. Uh, but we're d- we're going to take her to Sydney for the Breeders' Challenge. Um, and I think that could make her that, that just a trip away. Okay. So that was start number
1: two yesterday. She was beaten narrowly mm. last week on debut behind a, a fast Philly in Miss fru fruit Should your team yeah. be unbeaten though?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well that was still a maid and th- then you struggle to find a race for her. I, I, would hard to say unbeaten. Um, but it, it probably worked out best for us, um, Running second, our first start, she got, she got a good look at the track. Um, Shane, Shane drove her spot on um, and, and he gave me a lot of um, pointers to take away from it. You know, having Shane drive it to that start, um, he's always easy to put his feedback to you. Um, so, so we worked on them during the week and then and went forward from there. Um, and I think she was better. The second horse yesterday was, was monstrous, you know, 26-2 down the back. Um, you know, full credit to him. Um, I think I think with a a, a softer run he, he might have beat us.
1: Third horse was all right too, just quietly. Wh- which one? The third
2: horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, it's yeah, it's last quarter was, was super. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. The third horse was, was great as well. Um so
1: might but, be a deep form race, that
2: one. I think so. I think it's certainly a race that um punters need to take away. Um, Away from especially going forward with Maidens standing up um, every week at Albion on the Tuesday. Mm.
3: Yeah,
1: no doubt. So the obvious Uh, question for you with Sky Blue, you've got a very talented filly in the barn as well in Lady Digby who's been so good and she looks like she's getting better every time she steps out. How do you compare these two? Do they work together? Have they ever done any sort of work together? (laughs)
2: Oh, they used to they they do all their work together. They all they did do all their work together until um, Lady Digby went to the paddock. But um, yeah, still like um, Sky Blue. She's a very big big filly. Um, where Lady Digby's just a uh, she's very small. They um, they they they're, they're so different um, in temperament and attitudes. It, it's probably hard to put, compare them both. But I do like the way Lady Digby can sit on, um, sit on speed um, and then still come off her helmet and, and rally to the line. Um, I don't know if Sky Blue's learnt that yet. Um, I, I think she will learn it, and I, I think in the future she'll probably end up a stronger filly.
1: Okay. She's bred to be good, uh, Sky Blue. She's by Sweet Lou, who's just all conquering oh. at the moment out of a betters de mare, so it's that magic cross. Have you yes. had a lot to, to do with
2: the, the Sweet Lou's? Do you like working with the Sweet Lou progeny? Uh, well yeah, well the, the few we've got, I do. I do and um so we're, we're sort of certainly looking at dancing loop being in Queensland. Um we've got a couple of mayors here that um would cross well with with him. So, um but yeah, what what I've had to do with the Sweet Lou's, yeah, I do like they're good and and that's the biggest important. They're clean gated, you know, they're um We've we've dealt so much with bad um, gaited horses over the past few years. Um, yeah, to have these clean-legged ones, even though she wears a one-legged, um, but she, it, it's, no, it's not a big deal for her, the, Karen, the, the one-legged spreader.
1: Okay, so you've mentioned Breeders Challenge is a, uh, a mm. distinct possibility. Where, where does she have to go around for a heap there?
2: Um, she'll probably go to Newcastle on the 30th. Um, so there's a race Friday week at Albion, like, um, a two-year-old on. So probably nominate for that Friday week. Um, and then, and then the, then the race the week later, the 30th in Newcastle. Okay.
1: Mel Sinclair, who is the owner breeder. Is he based in Queensland or New South
2: Wales? No, uh, no, New Zealand. He's, he's based in oh. New Zealand. So he raced the mayor in New Zealand, um, and then sent her over here to race um and then greg mitchell brought a um an art major yearling out of her um which which we put through the apg sale greg was wanted to support the apg sale and um so we put it through the apg sale um and that's how we got the relationship started up with malcolm and his son bobby okay okay is there more to
1: come as far as our red sky night is concerned
2: uh, yeah, I, th- I definitely think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we've got we've got the mare still here. Um, yep. So so she's got a uh, McWicked colt on her now, which is going through the nutrient sale. He's he's an absolute kraken colt, um, and she's in foal to Poster Boy, uh, the Sun Beach somewhere, one in down in in uh, Victoria, yep. and um, and then we'll breed, breed her probably back to McWicked this season.
1: Okay. All right. Well, a lot to look forward to. But you really like the filly and she's going to get her opportunity with the Breeders Challenge Series in Sydney.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think Queensland will have a good um, roll-up down there.
1: By the sound of it, it's a yeah. matter of who's not going rather than who's going.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. We've certainly got some... Um, we, we, we have got a nice crop to take down and, you know, and a competitive crop. You know, we're not we're not leaving home just to make up numbers. You know, I think everyone that's going believes that they could have the best one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Are yeah, you still busy doing a lot of the braking at the moment?
2: Just starting to wind it up now. I've got two trotters left to do um, for Greg. And um, yeah, and then that's, that's it. We'll have a bit of a break and see what happens next year.
0: Well,
1: you're doing a super job, and you've got some nice fillies on your hands with Lady Digby and Sky Blue. She was impressive yesterday, stopping the clock at 56.6. Jason, as always, really appreciate the time. Keep up the
2: good work. Thanks, Chris. You have a good day.
1: Jason Carkey joining us, Steve. So, Sky Blue, very impressive, taking out Race 5 from Albion Park yesterday.
0: Mobile Rolling on Radio Tab. broadcast but it was a pretty special win in a hot field (laughs) flashing red Chris yeah sad news came through earlier in the week
1: Steve with the passing of flashing red 24 years of age a million dollar performer dual millionaire in fact he earned 2.1 million uh, 38 victories and so many placings and he went everywhere flashing red raced in every state of australia uh won in both islands of new zealand dual new zealand cup winner that was his second new zealand cup that we just listened back to that was 2007 he was just a, an iron horse, a war horse, and an absolute beauty. Everyone that, uh, you know, enjoyed harness racing, loved watching Flashing Red, and he competed at a real vintage time as far as harness racing was concerned. He was up against the likes of Blacks Are Fake, Be Good Johnny, Slip and Slide. That's just locally, and then you consider everything else that he took on uh, beat and raced. Uh, he was just an absolute monster, no doubt about it. This man is about to join us now, and he's got some special memories with Flashing Red, Tim Bart, who trained him to win both of his New Zealand
3: Cups. Tim, good morning. morning, Chris. A bit of sad news there with the passing of Flash. Yeah, well, you do reflect on you know the, what a great horse he was, and just a just a terrific stayer. And um, you know when he came over to New Zealand for the Cup, we you know we didn't really have any great expectations for him because he. You know, he'd been around so long and a bit of a journeyman at that stage of his career. But, you know, he just loved being at our place. And um, those, those the big track and the extra distance, he'd just come into his own.
1: Just listening back to that broadcast. So that was 2007. Flashing Red won. Tribute was third. So you were first and third in that New Zealand Cup that year.
3: Yeah, I think we had three in the race. For real, was, uh, she missed away. She was also in it. Um, you know, we had a very strong team through those years. And, uh, you know... As I said, we had a great great setup and a great staff, and um you know we were on the grand circuit all the time. so um you know flashing red just fitted in, fit in perfect. he was just a just an out and out genuine horse and um you know the spring in New Zealand's a special time, and um he just loved the grass and the weather and um, you know and he just thrived. What was his best win out of the New Zealand Cups? the first
1: one or the second one, where he started off a handicap of fifteen metres?
3: Well, the first one, you know, it's, it's easy to say now, but he was, you know, I felt like he was unbeatable, you know, he, he, the way he was working and the way he raced prior to the race, and, and it proved that way, and um, going into the last Cup, he was of 10-year-old, and and we had a few niggling problems with him, and he was just coming to the end of his career, really, but um, it was funny, you know, I pulled him out of the box the second Cup and um, on, at Eddington, and you could just see that. The determination in the horse's eye and, and the mannerism—you know—I felt like um he's going to give a special performance. You know, those, those horses can talk to you sometimes, and um, and he duly delivered. So uh, I think the second cut was, you um, know, you know, a brilliant you know, performance, and um, you know, to do it like that was was terrific.
1: He also won an Auckland Cup with you as well. When he won the Auckland Cup, did he set a national record when he was successful that year?
2: Yeah, he did. He
3: actually threw one, and was a bit bit tricky because because uh, he you know he can get crossed out of the gate, but he, he we got off the round of the lead, and I think he smashed the record by two seconds. So um, he but he just ground them into the dust, you know. He just just went to the front and just went as hard as he could all the way, and and you know the the horses behind him had no answer for him. So he, he, you know he's just a terrific gutsy, you know great staying horse.
1: Yeah, absolutely you can talk all day about flashing red some of his performances not only in new zealand but uh, as i said competing in every state of australia at the highest level that that takes some sort of performance
3: yeah it does you know i remember him sitting outside blacks the fake in the victoria cup and you know just going down to him by a head and you know he raced in miracle miles he raced in perth and we took talking to the west australia pacing cup and he he ran an unlucky second you know so um yeah, he never missed a dogfight and he never had an easy run. So, um, you know, h- horses like him, the still be given when they're 10 year old, at, you know, they're, they're 100 million.
1: Yeah. Rest in peace, flashing
3: red. Hannon Memorial takes place this
1: weekend. It's one of the big races in New Zealand, springtime, and it's a all important lead up for the New Zealand Cup. We get to see Akuta, he's back in action, but just the, the question I wanted to pose with you with the Hannon Memorial, how many times did you win the Hannon Memorial?
3: I think we won it three times. Um, Mr. DG won it. He was, a, he was a pretty good horse. He came over and won the Hunter Cup and ran, uh, placed in the end of Dominion. Um, the horse is called the Flying Doctor and a horse called Cullens Creek, which were lesser, lesser free-for-all horses. But um, it's a good race to target early in the season when you've got a lesser horse because some of the A-grade stars aren't quite ready. So, um, But it is a big stepping stone towards the New Zealand Cup. So it's the it's first one, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely, spot on. Three for you. So I wanted to ask about that two-year-old race yesterday. We just spoke to Jason Carkeed, who had the winner Sky Blue, but your guy, although beaten, created a big impression. There was a lot of hype around this guy. He happens to be a half-brother of the recent Group 1 winner rock and roll Do There's a lot to like about this, colt?
3: Yeah, I loved him at the sales, and we bought him out of the Melbourne Nutrient Sale. you are not over-expensive either, really, and you're um, from a New Zealand family that... Uh, that I know well, So, um, but he's just a beautiful individual. He reminds me a lot of field marshal at the same stage and, and type. And um, you know, we were pleased with his run yesterday. He um, you know, had to do a you know, big sprint down the back straight, and um, we knew the, the winner was going to be very hard to beat because just got the ring craft on him. But um, you know, he'll mature into a pretty good horse, I think. Yeah. He, he looks like he's got a fair bit of filling out to do, which is
1: saying something because he's got a big frame already, but once he fills that frame, he's going to be a sight to
3: behold. Yeah, and he's probably a little bit underdone for yesterday, so I think he'll improve, you know. And um, you know, I'll probably give him a couple more runs and then just tip him out for a for a break, and then you, you know you'll see him around Christmas time again. So, um, you know, I think I think you know, you know, I'd love to think he's a Derby horse come come the carnival in the in the middle of the winter. So, um, you know, that, that's what we're sort of long term looking at.
1: Okay, well, that was my next question: Is he a Derby type
3: horse at this early stage? Well, I think so. You know, he's just got to carry that speed a bit further you know, what he showed yesterday. And, um, you know, as I said, he's, he's quite an immature guy. He, he'll, he'll definitely be better for uh, for a time and a um, bit of experience. But, um, you know, we, we take him along pretty pretty slowly. We don't sort of want him, you know, pressure cooked to start with. We've got to learn the, the racing game first. And then, um, you know, when the big money comes around, we want to have him cheering right. So that, that's our plan. Bro. Okay. So you bought him out
1: of the sales in Melbourne last year, the Nutrient sale. Why wasn't he a... Uh, an absolute you know blockbuster as far as price was concerned what was it that you know just you know didn't
3: captivate everyone i think it was just because it was a new, one of the nutrient sales just kicking off and apg had already had their sort of sales and it was, it was the last sort of sale of the year and a lot of people had bought and so forth and um you know there was some good buying to be had there uh you know now going forward i think this queensland sale with is going to be a real, real you know exciting time for everybody up here and um you know Nutrien do a terrific job and I think um it, it, you know it's a good good to have backing like that in the future for the breeding up here
1: yeah absolutely uh now just with the ownership group of Borella, uh, some familiar names in that ownership group long-time clients of yours
3: Yeah, Sid brown who owned um Phil Marshalls and on him and um, a good friend of mine Colin Braceleit from Sydney who who's more in the galloping he 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 grazes a lot of gallopers for the top trainers and um in the oaks and in sydney he's it's his first devil into standard bread, so um uh he liked the look of him and, and thought he had a thoroughbred look about him, so he went in on him so um and Alan Aiken from um overseas in hong kong he's he's um, well known to people on sky channel and so he's he's part of the syndicate as well so uh good bunch of people and hopefully they get rewarded
1: okay well he looks exciting there's no doubt about it you're in the winner's circle on saturday night parama scored a uh a thoroughly deserving victory and he made a good thing of it he spaced his opposition so can he go on with it
3: yeah i think so he's just got getting you know, better and better he's he, you know we've we've taken him along very gently so um he had a few issues when he's in melbourne so we've just brought him along quietly and he's just you know, go racing each week he's getting better and better all the time. Um, you know, I think I think he's he's always a chance. He just needs, you know, the race to be run right sort of thing. And he, he got a perfect run the other day. He likes to speed on and, and him not doing it, you know. So uh you know, he was due for that luck and um you know, but I think Swayze Mallet you know, horse will be go pretty close on today night. Yeah, he he is racing well, isn't he, Swayze? Yeah, he's he's a lovely horse and you know, he's a, he's actually a brother of the leap of Fame, so um, you know, um I, I missed out on buying Leap of Fame, which was, which was, um, you know, didn't have enough money at the time or didn't have enough balls, really. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> but he, he's a lovely horse, Waze. You know. I think he's had a few issues too. And I think, you'll, you know, over the next three to six months, you'll see quite a nice horse develop.
1: All right. Well, the stable is going well. One other thing that I wanted to ask uh, you today, uh, we spoke with Brad Steele yesterday, the chairman of Albion Park, and he's keen to see... a a world cup of harness racing be uh, put forward and he said it can only work with trotters because that way you can have the best from north america and canada and obviously that brings in europe as well plus we've got the down under in both australia and new zealand what are your thoughts on that is that is that possible is it feasible
3: oh definitely feasible um you know there's a lot of interest from europe and you know america they they love the racing down here and you know, would love to be part of it. The the economics and the timing of it has to be right. Um, We're different to the thoroughbreds because they can, they can train them while they're in quarantine at Werribee and and places like that. Whereas our uh, standard breads are pretty much out of work for six weeks. So, um, you know, that's something that's got to be looked at. And um, I discussed a few of the pros and cons with Brad, because I've, you know, I've had experience with bringing horses out from Europe and America. So, um, oh yeah, I'd love to see it. And, um, you know, that's what you want. It's, un, it's untapped, especially the trotters. And, um you know, I went to the Pre de Merite not too long ago in, in France and, you know, in the Leap Lop in, in Sweden. They're, they're the biggest race days of, you know, harness in, in, in the world. So, um, you know, they're very keen and very, very knowledgeable about Australian and New Zealand racing.
1: Mm. Well, Brad also made the point that it could be rotational. So, you know, maybe every year or every second year, one year in the Northern Hemisphere, the other year in the Southern Hemisphere. And given how we ship horses all around the world, that that seems quite likely as well because we're seeing more and more horses going up for a shot at the Elite Lop in recent times. You've done it. There's a number of other trainers that are keen to do it. We're seeing our horses go to North America. So the possibility of having that rotation between the North and the South, that's likely as well.
3: Yeah, well, they always used to have an international product at, at um, in Yonkers, and recently they've re- rekindled that. And uh, it's getting going, you know, get a bit, a bit of momentum. But with the Elite Lop, the horses come from all over the world. So they come from Italy, you know, France, America, and everywhere in land are there for the Elite Lop, and only because of, of its prestige and the stake money. And, you know, if you'd have developed something down here, um, you know, it'd be so easy to, to, to get those good horses down. And with the frozen semen, et cetera, nowadays, and you know, it's a great advertisement for the stallions to be able to um, come down and race and, and then, you know, either shuttle here or, um, you know, get their seamen here. So it's a win-win. It's just all about timing and, and getting the support from the European trainers and the Americans. And um, you'd love to see Dexter Dunn and Toddy McCarthy and Andrew down here driving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'd be, it'd be um, you know, even some of those great American drivers, Yannick and those guys. So, um you know, it's it's definitely an excitement um, thing. It's just putting it all together and, you know, dotting your I's and crossing your T's. Well,
1: let me put this to you and tell me what you think about this. You're a proud Queenslander now. You're based here in in the Sunshine State. You've seen our carnival up close. You've won some of our big races. We've got the new race now, the Rising Sun. Two three-year-olds and the rest of the field are made up of four-year-olds, but it's for Pacers. Could we, could we establish a race for trotters based on something similar like that uh, current concept uh, for the rising sun but for the trotters
4: definitely
3: definitely you know anything's possible it all it all evolves around stake money and you know if you start having you know the prize money competitive with the biggest races biggest trot races in australia and new zealand well then it captures people's eye and um Queensland's got so much to offer. The um, the Kiwis love coming here, you know, naturally to get out of our winter and the weather, and um, and it's and we're so close to everywhere. Whereas whereas Sydney or Melbourne, you you you're sort of drawn out and um, you don't have that social fabric because everybody's staying an hour out or an hour away from each other. Whereas Queensland and Brisbane, especially, it's such a tight tight area and and it's got so much potential. So um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of here to be part of that potential but also help drive it you know so um i'm sure there's there's a lot of good ideas out there that we can um really take the racing to another level
1: mm. yeah it's very interesting very interesting hey tim really appreciate the time uh job well done winning with uh, parama on saturday night and i uh, look forward to seeing the other uh, progress of barella in the coming months as well Got us gold there's tim Bud joining us uh, champion trainer so he's got his team up and firing at the moment and uh yeah, sad news coming through uh, earlier in the week about the passing of Flashing Red. 24 years of age and uh, what a horse he was. Our next guest is about to join us. He's been waiting patiently online, but I'm sure he wouldn't have minded uh, having a bit of a listen to uh, his former boss. Just have a bit of a chinwag with me there. Lockie Hart is about to join me now. He's online. Lockie, good morning. Morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, your ex-boss online there.
4: Oh, sorry, you just cut out for a second then. I
1: said your ex-boss online there having, oh, having yeah, a yeah, chat. Timmy, yeah, he's a, he's a great bloke, Timmy, yeah. Well, I wanted to chat with you because you're in the winner's circle last Friday night and it was win number one when It's Megs won the last race at Albion Park on Friday night.
4: Yeah, it was uh, definitely a great thrill uh, to uh, get my first winner. Yeah, very exciting. Were you
1: confident going into it because she was drawn the outside of the second row? You had the services of... Pete McMullen, but the punters just kept piling on the money and she was able to score, but she had to earn it, didn't she, over the latter part?
4: Uh, yeah, I was quietly confident going into it. Uh, you know, I thought she had pretty good form going into the race. Um, you know, she was coming off the back of a few pretty quick, one, pretty quick, quick uh, run races for that sort of grade. Um, but, yeah, obviously, you know, outside the back's hard for any horse over a mile at Albion. Um, so, yeah, but, I, yeah, I was quietly... Confident with her, and um, yeah, just I knew if she turned up, she'd run a good race again. What were you feeling as she crossed the line? Uh, I was probably um, yeah, it's hard to explain. It was just pretty proud sort of moment. Um, she had the uh, colours of my late grandfather uh, Jerry on, so uh, yeah, it was pretty emotional, and uh, yeah, just uh, just pretty thrilling to uh, yeah get the win. Okay,
1: you've been around horses pretty much your whole life. You're the son of Ricky. Uh, are you based out there with your folks, uh, you're out near Bow Desert, aren't you?
4: Yeah, we uh, we got a property, uh, 25 acres, uh, just at Woodhill, uh, just a bit before Bow Desert. Um, so yeah, I'm based out there with Dad. I think we got about uh, 14 horses between us. Okay, and you've done your time working with a few different stables, Tim Butt comes
1: to mind. Uh, did you enjoy just going out and just trying to pick up new ideas from those other
4: trainers coming through? Yeah, it was great. I spent quite a few years in Sydney. Uh, I got to learn from from some of the best trainers uh, in the world, really. I got to learn off, you know, Timmy and uh, Shane and Lauren Tritton. I also did a bit of time with Shane Sanderson down there. So, yeah, I really enjoyed my time in Sydney. It was uh, very beneficial.
1: Okay. And when did you know it was time to come home and, you know, start doing it yourself?
4: Uh, It was about about March uh, last year. Uh, Timmy and Andy, they were sorta of wanting to pack up and move down to Melbourne and um I sort of wasn't really keen on moving further away from home than what I already was. I thought it you know, it might, might make it a little bit difficult to sort of get back and forth and that sort of thing. So yeah, it was about then where I just thought, uh, oh, you know, now's probably probably a good time to to move back up home and um yeah, just help dad out for a little bit and uh yeah, eventually we started buying a couple and then uh, it was just late this year where i took on my trainer's license and started giving it a go okay what did dad say after friday night oh uh, yeah he was very he was very happy um obviously she has been knocking on the door for a little bit and um yeah he was uh, pretty proud yeah good stuff good stuff so how many are you guys working Uh, So we've got... uh, I've got two of my own. Uh, It's Meg's and the Mac Army, and uh, Dad's got about uh, 12. Okay, Are you looking for any more? Are you looking for any more? Uh, Not at the moment. We're pretty full up at home. Um, It's sort of... We've probably got too many at the moment. It's a bit hard to sort of manage them all when we both work full-time. So I think, yeah, if anything, we're probably looking to get rid of a few and uh, sort of just drop back down to, you know, around 10... Ten's a pretty good number. It's uh, a bit more manageable and, um, yeah, especially just, yeah, working full-time. And uh, I'd like to get down to about 10, so. Okay, so what's the full-time job? Uh, So I work for my uh, granddad, uh, Ian Corazole. He has a musical uh, instrument company and I just work in the warehouse. And, um, yeah, it's it's, uh, pretty cruisy and uh, the hours are flexible, so, you know, it gives me time to... Go to the races in between and um, get my ones done before I come come to work, or um, in the afternoons when I get home. All right. Did he give you a pat on the back after Friday night? Yeah, he was he was very happy. Um, yeah, very happy. So hopefully I can hopefully I can train a few for him in the near future.
3: All
1: right. Well, I've got to ask because everyone asks me how many tall courses do you think are out there right now?
4: Oh, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be able to give you a rough number. There's that many of them. They're, but they're, uh, they're even everywhere. starting to,
1: uh, they're even starting to crop up in the in the gallops now as well.
4: Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he started to merge over into the gallops, which is um, yeah a bit interesting. But it's uh, it's good for him. He seems to be enjoying it. So yeah, he's a good man. He's a good man. He's now, when, good do man.
1: when do we see it's see it's Megs again?
4: Uh, I'd say she will probably line up. Um, Thursday, uh, not this Thursday, next Thursday at Redcliffe. I uh, just gave her a couple of days off uh, after Friday night and um, yeah, just freshen her back up. She seems to she seems to race better the fresher she is so yeah, probably Thursday, Thursday at Redcliffe I'd say she'll line up.
1: Alright, well speaking of Redcliffe, you venture that way tonight because the MAC Army, the other member of your stable, lines up and looking at it right now with Tab, he's the early line favourite at 260. You've got the right man on again, Pete McMullen. So can you train another winner tonight?
4: Uh, I'd like to think so um he's He's a bit of a funny horse he sort of he doesn't sort of he doesn't like to try very hard um, but I think yeah with the right sort of run and the race run run to suit him uh he should be knocking on the door. okay, do you think you'll you'll lead this field? Uh, I'm not quite sure how quick he is out uh, i haven't I haven't used him out the gate he sort of hasn't had a draw up here yet where we've been able to use him at the gate. But I bought him from Mildura and he didn't really show a a lot of gate speed down there. So, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see how he comes out tonight. Well, if anyone's going to find out he's got gate speed, you've got the right man engaged. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. I thought I'll put Pete on and, um, yeah, if there's anyone who's going to get him off the arm, it'll be Peter.
1: So what, what attracted you to this horse when you were sort of, you know, scouting a horse? What what made you find this horse in Mildura?
4: Uh, I think the way that the grading system is up here at the moment, uh, he's very low graded. He's only a 30 rater, um, so he's he's got the chance to sort of come up here and, and he can win quite a few races in the same grade before he moves up to the harder grade. So um, it was only cheap, so I just thought, uh, yeah, it's probably a... Probably a good good investment to sort of try and get him to win a few and then maybe sell him on in the future all right well hopefully he pays his way tonight and gets the other uh, the spoils uh yeah it'd be nice he, he's a lovely all-sav around um but yeah it'd be nice to see him rewarded with a win
1: okay good start well fingers crossed you get that uh second winner tonight with the mac army but again congratulations your first winner and it comes at albion park that that's pretty special
4: yeah, yeah, there's, uh, it's good to get a winner at Headquarters and, uh, yeah, being my first winner, it's even special. So, yeah, very, very happy.
1: Excellent. Well done, Lockie. We'll see you at Trackside. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. There's Lockie Hard joining us. So, uh, hopefully, he can get that second winner tonight with the MAC Army. Goes around as the favourite. It's the final leg of the Quaddy as well to race number eight, 260 with Tab right now. So, It's Megs was uh, heavily tried there on Friday night. Got there by a narrow margin, but she got the W we so he's hoping he'll get a, another win tonight with the MAC Army. Darren Clayton is about to join us, as he does each and every Wednesday. Darren, good morning. Morning, Chris. Can Lockie do it again?
5: Oh, well, yeah, I thought he could. He find, certainly finds the, the right type of race, that's for sure. And like he said, if um, if anyone's going to get it out, it'll be Pete that can. And I thought if he did find the front, he'd, be, he'd prove pretty hard to beat. He's, um, you know, it's not, not an overly deep race, but... Um, yeah, he gets his opportunity. That's for sure.
1: It's good to see these young people getting their, you know, their taste of success. I spoke with Ashley Delosi yesterday. She prepared her first winner on Saturday night, parked in heaven uh, for a Saturday night win. That is, uh, she's only twenty-four. Lockie's only twenty-three. So it's good to see, you know, that next generation coming through and tasting some early success.
5: Yeah, it certainly is, and uh, it's great that they're getting that opportunity. And you know, it'd be even, there'd probably be even more opportunity available if, if there was a little bit more sort of uh, opportunity in terms of you know on track stabling for for people because you know property prices or finding somewhere to, to rent a stable outside of somewhere that's not on a track is next to impossible. So it, it's really great. And Bree Evans is another one; she got her first winner yeah. a couple of weeks ago as well. So. Um, plenty of first-time winners in, in recent times, so it, it is really good to see those younger younger guys and girls stepping in and prepared to have a shot at it.
1: Yep, you're poking the bear. I spoke with Brad Steele yesterday, asked about is there any news or update on where the, uh, the the new venture is going to be when we move from LBN Park. He did say no news at this point, so we're still waiting, but he did say that it is going to have Encore stabling, so that's a plus.
5: It certainly is a plus, and it's been needed. And I think, you know, poking the bear, Chris. I think it's, I think it's about time. Not only we start poking the bear, we start rattling a few cages because it just seems to be ongoing, yeah. where nothing yeah. is, is is forthcoming. It's just, uh, it's imminent. It's imminent. It's been imminent for twelve years.
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, we've got ten of the best tonight at Redcliffe. Where do we find your best bet?
5: Yeah, I thought uh, in race number four, horse number two, Teacher's Pet, this mare had a bit of a freshen up. She was first up off that freshen last time out and, and sort of didn't have the early speed to, to get across. Draws a good gate here, gets Nathan Dawson back on. Importantly, Nathan has driven this mare on 14 occasions for nine wins and four places. That's a, an incredible strike rate for a for a horse that. Um, you know, trained by an outside trainer um, for a driver to have that level of strike rate. And I th- thought she gets every opportunity there. Race four, number two, teaches pett And he's back in the bike after a little bit of a holiday. Back with a treble yesterday, Nathan. And yeah. He's only got the two drives tonight at Redcliffe. And he's every chance of getting a double there. He drives f- uh, fairish ish day in. Um, in race one for his brother Mitchell, so and she looks a really good chance. I've actually got her marked on top as well. So could be two from two for Nathan tonight.
1: Yeah, well he didn't muck around yesterday with a uh, a driving treble two ninety peaches, uh, teachers pet currently with tab. Uh, anything else stand out on that card?
5: Yeah, I, th- I thought in race two I like the chances of Courageous Sam. He hasn't been too far away of late. He gets a little bit of a um, gate one last time out, and he he. he Worked through and was able to hold uh, hold the front, but uh, just couldn't see it out. He faded to be eight metres away. Don't think this race is lacking, uh, well, it is lacking a bit of depth from what he met last time. And I just thought he could roll across there. And uh, even if he has to sit parked, I, th- I thought he was a good chance there. So race two, number four, Courageous Sam.
1: Okay, $4 with Tab right now. Uh, the Quaddy races five, six, seven, and eight. Throw some numbers my way, please.
5: Uh, that first leg Claire's full she or he is in uh, he's in great form the nine-year-old he's won his last four in succession I can't see why he can't make it five here um, happy to, to start at just one out with him if you're looking for dangers it'll probably be number one Qatari elite probably does hold the early key to the race or number two Abby Diadema she gets an improved gate but happy to go one out with number three Claire's full the second leg um, I've got number two, Ally Pink, on top, but not with a great deal of confidence. If she can't find the front, it could be a, a tough trip for her. And uh, Mustang Dude inside of her, number one, he certainly got his own share of speed and he was able to lead throughout a few runs back. Uh, number three, Aruna, if there's too much pressure, he'll be tucked in behind and be able to strike, and wave dance, he's just absolutely knocking on the door, he's been runner up four of his past five, so we'll go one, two, three, four, the second leg, the third leg, uh, another little bit of a tricky one, Um, I've got number seven, Senor Juju on top, but that's uh, provided, um, you know, he can hold the back of the leader, well, if the one holds the lead, I should say, uh, Rocco Variety, he did hand up. Um, to our friend who is in this same race again tonight. So um, our friend out in gate six if he rolls forward and finds the front well then he's um, he'll be hard to beat. Rocco Variety then gets the easy trip and Senior Jujon will be three back. I'm hoping Rocco Variety leads that'll give Senior Jujon the trip. So one, six and seven the numbers but yeah just hoping for Senior Jujon. And in the last leg, we just spoke to Lockie Hart. I've got number one, the Mac Army, on top. I thought he could lead. Um, That'll give Kimmy Kaye. She'll be second up. Good run first up uh, at Marburg. She'll get a perfect trip. And number eight, Bertels Firefox. He's flying the old Fox. He's got... Three wins from his past four starts. Uh, I thought he had to lead to win. He showed us last week he doesn't have to do that. And uh, he might just get the right trip again to, to blouse them once again. So we'll go 178 in the closing leg.
1: OK, so your numbers tonight for the quaddie. Three only in that opening leg. Then 1234, 167, 178. $36
5: for 100% of the dividend. That's the way it shapes up. And, yeah, we're just... Uh, We'll know our fate early on, I think, with, uh, with Claire's full.